Welcome again to the Jedi Sorter. I am your host, Jay Larson, and joining me again is my co-host, Patrick Whiting. Hello, Patrick. Hello, Jay. How are you doing? Uh, I'm pretty good. What about you? You know, not bad. Not bad. Uh, can complain, as they say. Yeah, can't complain. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. Yeah, I've. It's it's been a busy week at the... Um, DGI Empire. Today we got in the <laughs> the shipment of um, oh yeah all our, our the the new starter boxes for Warhammer 40k and there were a lot of them. I um, saw that there, that was a like a, a small town of boxes. It's true. Um, and so now now they've been received and now we just have the 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 task of <laughs> oh, no <laughs> mailing them out. I can't even imagine that. <laughs> I can't even imagine that there was, I mean, how much did that weigh is the first thought I had, like after saying that that had to have been, um, yeah, my, my manager was like, um, I'm a little worried that the bow seems, the, the table seems to be bowing a little bit under the weight <laughs> of all of these, uh, oh, that plastic. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting for, for, uh, the 40 K folks. Um, the the planet weeps a little more i guess <laughs> well maybe maybe some point they will see the light and uh join us in playing a delightful game called star wars shatterpoint we could be so lucky so we wanted to start off this episode by going over the um event rules that are um I, I I assume did they did they come out during when it launched? Uh, no, I don't think so. These came out. I think maybe maybe it did come out when they launched, or just like within a day or so. Um, I yeah, think I don't uh, I don't know when it came out. I guess, but I mean, it was such a it was kind of such a uh, there was a lot frenzy of, <laughs> of, yeah, <laughs> of receiving of getting excited of stuff in hand. Um, yeah, I think the timestamp on the rules or on on like they had the errata, they had uh, these documents, all of that. The first timestamp was, was I think the second of June. So yeah, uh, second I, of I June is when of, yeah when they have the game launched. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's all a blur those 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 few days. Um, so yeah, the they would have come out right when it released. So it gives rules for. Two types of events. The the first type of event is the wow my my watch is going crazy. First type of event <laughs> is the showdown event rules, and the second type is the premiere showdown event rules. And yes. I do think it's interesting that they launched this pack um, right at the launch of the game. And if you contrast this with Marvel Crisis Protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's I think it's interesting the different approach that Atomic Mass Games has taken on these two games and the organized play for these two games. And so I guess to set it up a little bit um, with the the organized play that they they came out with for Atomic for sorry for Marvel Crisis Protocol. The, the first event type was, was one where you would go to an event and you would, it didn't matter how many players there were, the event was going to be three rounds. And 
when you played your matches, it was going to it, it wasn't going to be a, a Swiss style of match where winners play winners and and you get and losers play losers and you get sorted into playing people hopefully of of somewhat similar skill levels. And instead, it was each round it would just be a completely random drawing, and it was mainly mainly a come play three rounds of an event for funsies and um and and just come have a good time and there was a, a quite a while where the community was was saying like we want a more competitive event format and we would like atomic mass games to come out with a more competitive event format and they didn't really and so the community came out with one themselves mm-hmm. and the event format that launched with Shatterpoint that launched on the day of when things launched um, is is pretty competitive or or has a, a fairly competitive slant, I would say. I mean, is would would you say that I've mischaracterized anything so far? Comparing the two at launch, that's that's pretty. I think that's that's pretty much on on point there. The the Shatterpoint certainly seems to have a lot more of that competitive spirit compared to the sort of day of play approach that MCP took at launch. Yeah, I agree. So I guess what's your reaction to that and why, why do you think they decided to do that? So thinking back to when MCP came out, I feel I remember hearing and I could be wrong. uh, I could be wrong, but I remember that uh, atomic mass games they didn't. They wanted to produce a game people loved, the game people wanted to play, something that was uh, kind of a narrative-driven style game, had storytelling components. They wanted to do the game portion and leave the greater competitive scene to the community, um, despite the, the the wish or the expectation of the community that um, Atomic Mass Games would uh, would spearhead that. The, they eventually did come out uh, with that competitive style game after quite a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And it seems like with with the demand of the community and maybe with a bigger team now too at, at Atomic Mass Games, they have that, that energy or um, how do I want to say, they have the capacity to... Mm-hmm. Uh, to have designed these rules or, or felt like uh, it was a, a learning opportunity from, from their attempts at uh, doing these, these events with Marvel. I, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent. I thought that the community did a pretty good job at creating uh, their own approach to the competitive scene for Marvel. And I thought AMG did a great job at creating their approach to a competitive scene with Marvel and, it seems like both of those things really help lead to what looks like a really interesting and and uh, great pair of of approaches for for Shatterpoint. Sort of my my take on things, at least. Yeah. It, do you do you think that? So I I got the impression that the designers kind of had the intent with Marvel Crisis Protocol that they wanted to create a tight set of rules that could be played competitively, um, but that they didn't want that to be the focus of the game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that they wanted, 
Um, I, and I guess maybe I can't necessarily. Well, I guess what's your opinion? If 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 the if the focus isn't competitive play, what would what would you say the focus was for MCP at, at launch or through for a while thereafter? No, I think you you started uh, started articulating what I think what I think is the case um, where their focus wasn't on it being a competitive game. People will make it competitive regardless of, of them uh, having that as their focus. It was a small team too. I do, I do think that that, re- that deserves some, uh, some attention, not that they didn't have the capability, but if they're really starting small designing this potentially prolific game, the focus would be on the game and not on the community development, trusting that the rest of us would, would handle that part. Um, I know there was a lot of expectations since a number of these folks came from, from privateer press and, and war machine, which is a very competitive uh, or was a very competitive style game, um, <laughs> you know, years back. So that, that expectation I, I think wasn't without its logic, but it, and it's a different game. It's a new approach. So uh, I think that they wanted to take that that fresh start that they all had at, the, at this new uh, new juncture and really approach miniature gaming in a new way. I know the conversation often breaks down of whether or not it's uh, competitive or casual or you know just you know just play to have fun. I don't really like any of those uh, in terms of. of of real conversation they don't they're they're so those those terms are are so subjective like what is fun for me could be competitive what is fun for somebody else could could be something different what the, so those terms are, are challenging to use for me uh and i and i think maybe they tried to just let all of that go and make the game that they liked that they loved and the rest would just fall in order from there and I'm, that's that's speculation on my part to to a degree, putting myself mm-hmm. in their shoes. What 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 uh what maybe I think that they were thinking. But they, yeah, it's it's tough to say. <laughs> it is t- it is tough to say. Yeah, and 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 they grew right, and things things changed, and they did end up putting out that that competitive packet, which is kind of similar to to the Shatterpoint packet. Do you think that? I guess I've been a, a long ways coming to this question, but do you think that they intend Shatterpoint to be a more competitive game or, or play more competitively than um, than Crisis Protocol? Uh, I don't know. Crisis Protocol was played. Uh, I mean, that's that's tricky. I think that's tricky for me for me to answer. Uh, what I want to say is that Crisis Protocol has played it pretty competitively. There is a very yeah, strong yeah. competitive scene. Um, yeah, I agree. And uh, maybe the intent initially for for Marvel wasn't to be a competitive or the the emphasis on the competition. Uh, that 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 is no longer the emphasis, I don't think. And uh, I think. Shatterpoint will see the same level of a competitive scene that Legion has, that Marvel has, uh, or that any now of their their current um, properties, uh, their games. I mean to say, uh, have they're all they're all pretty competitive. I don't think Shatterpoint will be any different. I don't know that it'll be more competitive. I have no way of of, 
of gauging that, but seeing it that Marvel is a is a very competitive or has a very competitive scene, um, I don't know that it could beat that out. Uh, but I do think that it will be it'll be comparable. Yeah. Maybe yeah, it'll, maybe maybe it'll faster. be interesting to see what happens in in local game stores and, and stuff like that. Um, and and yeah. maybe maybe this is just a regional thing with our region, but my impression has kind of been that um, with Crisis Protocol that it's been um, a little bit more um, the competitive scene has been a little bit more online than people doing like really competitive events uh, locally. Um, I know there has been, obviously there's stuff like, you know, the Las Vegas open, um, all their qualifier events. And so it's, it's not fair to me to say that it's that the competitive play is only, um, online, but I I guess I would say that when I think of competitive play with crisis protocol, the first thing I think of is online play. Yeah. Well, and that, that was born out of necessity with COVID and I, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. I I wonder if 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 we can even speculate life without COVID, if the competitive scene would be what it is now. Uh, right. Yeah. With yeah. that with that very different emphasis, because we the only real way to play uh, with other people for that first while was online, and a lot of people were just playing competitively. You could organize cross giant giant gaps of of space and time with people on other parts of the world. And that was, that was never really done before. Like even, even towards uh, some of the the war machine uh, competitive scenes, they had some online stuff, but nobody, it wasn't very well developed. And, and now it's, it's a thing. I, I do think that Shatterpoint will be different. Uh, I think that's a better qualifier or one that I'm more comfortable with. Than, than Marvel and, and how it's competitive. I think Marvel will, or Shatterpoint will probably have a bigger competitive scene, in-person competitive scene. Uh, depend, well, at least depending on the, if there's an organizer or a group of people mm-hmm. in, in, yeah. in yeah. locale. Yeah. And it has, one of the things that's been, I'm, every, every local meta is, is you know, a, a unique little snowflake of, of what's going on. Um, but it has been interesting that at least in my store, um, there have been a lot more people interested in Shatterpoint at, at the launch of this game as opposed to crisis protocol. Yeah. Um, I'm curious how true that is across the world. So I have some thoughts on that idea as well. The, a lot of it to me is also the growth of, AMG and when a lot of people merged from uh, Fantasy Flight uh, to AMG they gained they gained a lot they grew really quickly now they have uh, groups team a team or a department I'm not sure how they how they organize themselves internally that handle so much more of the social media and that that makes a big difference like I think if Marvel would have dropped today uh, and Shatterpoint was reversed. Uh, I think Marvel would be would 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 have been as hyped or or more even or maybe even more so with all of the the Marvel movies that have. And I'm I'm going to probably hear some some folks 
uh, or hear from some folks when I say this, but I, I think the Marvel movies, despite some of them being not the best, have been much more successful than most of the Star Wars films. And I I think Marvel would, would have hit the ground running in a in a pretty big way with more uh with more hype, the same kind of hype that Shatterpoint got. Shatterpoint got a, a really good, a really healthy amount of of hype. They handled it very well. I think they've got this whole thing down to a science and I, I love it. It it and I also hate it. <laughs> but <laughs> um I I it's Star Wars fans are a little bit different than Marvel's fan. Marvel fans, I think yeah, there's a lot of crossover, sure, but there's there's some folks that really, really, really like Star Wars, maybe more than people really, really like Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's also important to recognize. Well, let's let's start going through the um, the different points in the document and mm-hmm. discussing them. Excellent. So. The showdown event packet. First, there is the player responsibilities. Um, mm-hmm. And with it, it gives some guidelines on what is expected for players to bring and play with. Um, mm-hmm. The the customization rules, I feel, are, are pretty lenient. Um, it has to be from... Um, the majority has to come from Atomic Mass Games. Miniature parts has to be easily identifiable... Um, can't use other copyright, copyrighted items, um, can't be customized to interfere with gameplay and attached to a base that's the appropriate size. Um, and uh, it has to be a modeled base, which is an important yeah. um, important distinction too. Uh, the, if you wanted to put them on a clear base, which I think is really cool because you can just see everything below them, that won't work but if you want to put it on a 3d printed uh model base that is not the one that comes with the models that has been okayed essentially right yeah so uh, obviously one of the ixnays is is using proxies or 3d printed models that are not a majority of things you buy from atomic mass games correct um the but in general, have been okay, but not the miniatures. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, in general, I would say that you know I, I feel like it's it gives plenty of freedom to hobbyists while still um, making it so that there's a, a gameplay uh, component where where people hopefully will recognize what people are playing with and also hopefully keeping Atomic Mass Games in business. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you do you have any I guess additional comments on on this area i'm not much of a modeler i i like to just stick things together and be on my way but uh i i know some people like to do that um so it's nice that there are guidelines that people can follow and there's there's not a lot of not a lot of question i guess people people can can do what they're going to do and maybe a a tournament organizer can say what they're going to say about an event and and that's that's different but i do like that they have a roadmap for what is generally acceptable if you're going to do any sort of modeling that's my thought so the cards it basically says don't don't use proxy cards or things that weren't made by atomic mass games yeah i do i do like that the dice it says you have to use official shatterpoint dice um there is part of me that wishes that Atomic Mass Games slash Asmodee slash Fantasy Flight, whatever, 
that they would <laughs> either themselves make better dice or license out to other companies making better, more interesting dice. Yeah, I so I have, man, I have I guess I have all kinds of thoughts today. I I don't dislike the dice. The, they're fine. They're but fine. Yeah, they're fine. So, but like I run a store that people spend thousands of dollars, you know, in just huge amounts of money because people want pretty dice. And yeah. no one is going to say that these dice are noteworthy. <laughs> so, so I I would like to see, and this is, goes for both Marvel and Shatterpoint now, and even Legion. I, I think Legion too. Uh, I would like to see like a premiere or some sort of really cool upgraded set that you would spend more money on. It probably sure. maybe doesn't cost them a whole lot more to produce, but something something that does give players some agency and what how they choose to bling out the game for themselves accessorize i i like dice i've spent a lot of money on dice over the years as as so many of us have and i also like what people do when they paint their their uh, measurement sets i tried doing that a few times it did not work out i gave up uh so i admire when i see those things and i would like to get have something that looks really really good that maybe they they produce and i i can have have an option to choose different things and not feel like somebody's staring into the back of my head because i am using some sort of measurement tool that that they don't like or have have preferences against uh which i've run into over the years so i i having some sort of exclusive or thematic set would be cool i agree it would be cool i don't think that they will ever uh <laughs> ever it contract like they're leaving so much money on the table not doing i this. agree i agree <laughs> um the i i do and to, to the the flip side though and i've seen lots and lots and lots and lots of different versions of dice that people do and create some of them are really cool the challenge with some of this really great creativity is it often overlooks some interpersonal differences for example uh, what i mean by that is i'm colorblind i'm red green colorblind and there are some dice that i just when people roll them i cannot tell you what they look like I, it's very hard to see and sure there also to... were like q workshop is kind of infamous for making yeah dice yeah oh that are my pretty, gosh but that are not functional not functional yeah difficult to read <laughs> yeah I, so i i like the the one thing i like about their dice is that while they're not very pretty they are very functional i'm not too worried about uh and they have very deep very deep uh symbols so even if there is a, a challenge of seeing or or di differentiating some of the color i can certainly pick out the shape through contrast and shadow i i like that but to circle back, I would like to see some some really cool uh, some really cool accessories that people can can get. Uh, if I could have like a, an Inquisitor dice set that's sanctioned by uh, Asmodee and, and AMG and and some sort of really cool widget or measuring set, I, I would be I would be a happy camper, and I would I would certainly pay pay for that. I certainly would. So yeah, I agree. They are leaving money on the table. 
So basically the rules say that dice, you, you cannot use any dice except for the ones that are made by Atomic Mass Games. You cannot use replacement dice. Uh, with measurement tools, it basically says you can use measurement tools made by whoever, whatever, as long as they are the correct size and shape. And they cannot be... It is important that they cannot be modified, so you can't put little cross hatches at them at the sure. different yeah you see no modifying it i don't think that they would count painting them as a problem but like making different different measurement qualities to them yeah i'm not sure i'm how i want to say that but i think you 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 catch what i'm what i'm saying yeah and you can't make measuring devices that don't have an equivalent tool supplied by atomic mass games yeah one thing that it falls under that bracket is a finger. You can't use a finger. Fingers are not consistent. They're not measuring devices. So you cannot use your finger as a means of measuring placement. Important, important undertaking. So next we have tokens. And it basically has two classifications of tokens. One is essential tokens. Those are items like uh, objectives on scenarios that... On those, they have to be um, the exact size as as what is provided. And then non-essential tokens, they're basically like, we don't care what you do with non-essential tokens, go wild. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, any any thoughts on the, the token area? Tokens? Tokens are really another thing that I've spent a lot of money on. I don't know why I do, but I do. And <laughs> I, I do like that they give sort of unfettered creative access to all kinds of different tokens. And I've seen a bunch of really cool sets on Etsy that are all different styles and approaches and also price points. But the 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 token the token thing is great. I tokens will wear out eventually and right now it seems like you can only get them in the core set. So I I I I think most people are going to have some sort of acrylic token moving forward unless they do something on their end. Yeah, I've been playing with the cardboard tokens and I am tired of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I I bought uh I did buy uh, an acrylic set from someone on Etsy that I, I I really like and uh the they're really great. I just have to take off all of this brown paper right oh, now no. and that's a Something you uh the darkest timeline. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it's the worst. But tokens are cool, and they're not cardboard. All right. So uh, next bit is composing your strike team. Basically, you just follow the rules that are in the the rule book for this format. Um, great. That's that's fine. Yeah. Uh, next is sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Some examples it gives of, of unsportsmanlike conduct, um, treating people disrespectfully, intentionally misleading people, um, mm-hmm. intentionally disrupting the placement of things on the table, quickly mm-hmm. removing dice before your opponent can verify the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, basically, just don't be a dick. Um, yeah, know. don't be a dick. Yeah, I don't, seems seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, uh, I think I think that seems. Seems like a good a good way to live one's life. Don't be a dick. That that seems fair. Yeah. Um. It did. It does have a, a section on missed opportunities that I thought was was kind of interesting. Agreed. Um, yeah. It it talks about if you've missed a trigger, 
uh, it's um, you've you've missed it unless you're. Um, it says if a player forgets to use an effect during the timing specified by the effect, they cannot retroactively use it without the consent of their opponent. And players are expected to refrain from intentionally distracting or rushing an opponent with the intent of forcing a missed opportunity. Uh, so what, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I do like that it calls out like above the table tactics that I, I know some people like to do and I've seen done in competitive events. Uh, those, those behaviors verge on issues of sportsmanship. And I, I think it should have, if it didn't, if I if I glossed over it in the sportsmanship section, it should be in there too. Uh, I I think that 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 kind of thing is is cruddy behavior generally. Uh, and similarly, in an event like this, I I don't even think that it's it's appropriate. I don't think this is my opinion. Uh, I don't think it's appropriate to ask your opponent if you can do a take backsies. Uh, <laughs> if you want to do that in the casual game where you're playing. And you're trying to learn, and there's you don't have anything personal on the line for the outcome, then it's certainly something you can explore. But I I I don't even it does, like the idea of it. I think the the thing that is awkward about it potentially it it helps I feel like if a conversation is had before the game before there's key moments and and people could get worked up or get their uh, feelings in a all mm-hmm, rustled mm-hmm. over something, um, and you know, I back when I used to play War Machine competitively, the Australians were very much like very down the line. Like if you miss something, it's missed, and we move on with the game. And don't don't ask for a take backsy because I'm going to say no. <laughs> Which I think that's I think that's totally legit if someone wants to do it that way. Um, the, the part where I felt bad sometimes is that sometimes people would feel a social pressure into mm-hmm. giving a person a take backseat and, yeah. you know, some people don't feel comfortable with being socially assertive or with saying, no, I don't want to have you do that take back. And so they will say yes, even though they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, and that's, that's, that's not a great feeling or situation for someone to be in. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's why I just simply don't think it's, I don't think it's appropriate to ask somebody to do that. Uh, it is, maybe you can usually, you can usually the, those things, but. the compromise that I, I've came with, with myself, uh, some of the times was, like let's let's say I'm playing a game of Shatterpoint and it's going to be a competitive game, mm-hmm. and I could um, I might say something like, "Oh, I I missed my start of turn trigger about having my Mandalorian do a a dash," mm-hmm. and I wouldn't say like, "Can I have a um, take backsy?" But it does kind of give a um, if someone wants to jump in and say. Oh, I don't care. Go ahead and have them do it. Then they have that moment where they could do so if they so choose. And and honestly, most of the time when I I say like I forgot X Y Z whatever, it's it's not with the intention of um 
seeking someone to give permission to do a take backs. It's, it's also usually just me thinking out loud, but mm-hmm. um, that's, that's usually the the type of compromise that I set with myself in those situations where um, there, there is a, a kind of a surprising amount of times where the opponent will be like, Oh, whatever, you know, go ahead and, and do the, the thing that you missed, but it's also not putting social pressure, hopefully on them to, to do so. Yeah, that's that's a fine line, and it, it is up to up to the people playing the game ultimately, as it even points out here in, in the yeah. rule set. Uh, but for, for my approach uh, and just general thoughts on the decorum of the interaction, like sometimes playing these games one on one is as much confrontation as, as some people that enjoy these games can have. So I really don't want to impact their enjoyment any more. Uh, than than I have to and there's certainly going to be lots of points in the game where I'm going to question what they're doing or they're going to question what I'm doing and I really I don't feel it's my place to ask them whether or not I can I can do something if they do out of their own volition uh, allow me like you were saying in that example uh, do something or go back excuse me go backwards Maybe maybe they want to make sure that they're playing a game to the the fullest. You know, maybe that's their ethos, or it's not going to be immediately impactful on on the game state or or the end of the game as they see it. Then maybe yeah, they'll give me that that um, that go ahead. But I I will never ask somebody in an event uh, to take something back or to to go backwards. I just don't think it's fair to them, and I don't think it's really appropriate for their overall experience of the game i don't want to be that person and i i would rather just leave it off off the off the table so to speak personally personally all right so next section um which i think is kind of interesting it talks about uh round times and it gives as a suggested round time 120 minutes once people are um started or finished their setup um it's yeah it says the event organizer should start the timer for an event round after most players have found their seats and begun to set up so starting setup but not necessarily start with the first turn um and so if, if the round timer is normally 120 minutes you will at the 90 minute mark have a mission critical phase um also you do you'll add a variable game length where you roll five attack dice and for each crit and strike you add a minute um do you uh sorry then the mission critical part uh, during the final 30 minutes um during this phase at the start of the end of turn sequence the active player gains a momentum token and it lasts until the end of the event round um, what are your, what are your thoughts on all the time stuff? Yeah, I've got, I, I'm conflicted cause I, I know what they're trying to do with this. Uh, and there's some, I'm, I'm also a sucker for themes, So there's a little bit of theme thrown in here too. Uh, so I, I like those things. I like, I like the intent behind it. For, frankly though, I, I, I don't, I don't like, I don't like round times. I don't really like the mission critical. It's going to be easy to forget. It's going to get forgotten a lot, and it just adds a lot of back-end consideration that I don't know really adds to the experience. Um, 
I mean, I guess the the counterpoint though is you can't really have an event that doesn't have some sort of round timer. And that is why I like chess clocks. Um, I mean, sure, but even with chess clocks, you'll have um a round timer because no, it's not. It's it, my 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 frustration isn't a round timer. It isn't that the the event is timed. Uh, my frustration is that it is uh up in the air. It's hard to track, and it's it's easier to abuse. It invites more sportsmanship issues, and uh, I mean, it's, whole... I don't think it's surprising that the two of us would consider chess clocks to be a better solution in a in a true competitive format. Agreed. Um. So I, you know, I don't know. I guess I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> yeah like so like and that's why i said i'm conflicted because it's it's kind of it's kind of a compromise it feels like yeah i think that's a great way to put it the the mission critical thing uh like i even i even during the the game that the games that i've been playing so far there's plenty of stuff i forget on cards that are right in front of me the chance that i remember mission critical uh, I think are slim to none unless my opponent is really, really good at helping me or helping us be aware of it. I just do not think that I am going to remember mission critical like whatsoever, simply whatsoever. Um, like yeah, I, I guess we'll, we'll see. I, it would, uh, it's, it's something I guess would be potentially good to, if, if, especially obviously if, if you're going to start doing competitive play, it's something that you would practice with, um an opponent or something like that but yeah yeah and i i I mean i will say the caveat is you know i i have adhd and i can forget what i'm doing just by going between rooms so i maybe i'm not a great (laughs) a great um example of of who will enjoy this rule the most or 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 that even with practice I, i probably only remember it half the time so for me, I think this is a miss, and that's just me. I mean, I, and I, I think maybe with more practice, you're right, it'll get better. But I, I will never, never, and I can promise everyone, anyone listening or that listens to this, I will never remember this. <laughs> so I hope you can help me. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right. So next, it goes over pairings. It uses Swiss pairings, which is. You know the, the standard I would say for this type of uh, yeah. competitive events. It also gives rules if you're wanting to cut to like a top eight, top sixteen, whatever. Then it gives some rules for that. Um, it talks about end of match, what happens then, uh, and there's three potential uh, ways to have an end of match. The first is just a straight victory. Second mm-hmm. is time. If if it comes to time, the player with um the player who controls the most objectives wins the struggle the player with the most claimed struggle cards wins the game and if there's a tie the player who inflicted the most wounds wins the game and if it's still a tie it's a draw yeah and then the the final type is concession you can concede um and then that's counted as having two struggle cards claimed and three wounds and it does give the caveat that one of the things that is common in Magic is Magic the Gathering is players mm-hmm. intentionally doing draws or um, 
things like that to um, game out prizes and, and placing. And it specifies that um, if an arbiter believes that players are attempting to manipulate scoring system, they should either be giving warnings or ejected. Yeah. So I, th- I thought that was an interesting clarification. Um, for event points, you get three points for a win, one point for a draw, zero for a loss. And then the tiebreakers are struggle cards claimed, um, which I, I think is interesting. So if let's say that we're doing a four round event and there's one four and no player and um, I can't remember how many three and ones that would be probably three. Um, if there, the, if in my loss, if I won uh, one of the struggles in my loss as opposed to going getting swept, that's the that's the most important tiebreaker um, in the first one in determining things, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. Seems seems like the I mean I think that's fair. It's kind of the name of the game. You know, it's sort of so to speak. It's not the actual name of the game, but the the main part is is struggle cards. That that's what yeah. you're you're shooting for. So seems seems fair that it's the first the first tiebreaker. Yeah. Um. Then strength of schedule, number of wounds inflicted, and then random. Any any thoughts on any of that? It's it's pretty it's 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 more or less what I what I expected. The wounds inflicted I think is really interesting. Um, maybe it's not really interesting. Uh, I do think I don't know what I think. I, I like it. I, I, I I'll say that uh, it it does give some consideration, especially if if it's coming down to the wire. And each each person has one struggle card. Then trying to farm out some extra extra wounds uh, is an interesting approach to the game. A uh, bit riskier, but yeah, I I think I, yeah I like it. It's it's not super surprising and, and seems seems good. All right. So next, it says that the event organizer is responsible for terrain. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be a little bit difficult, I think. Uh, terrain and mats. Um, initially that's will probably be difficult for some stores to do. Yeah. It might be like a community approach where they, yeah. they ask for, for ask people, people to, to bring to... some stuff. Et cetera. Mm-hmm. There are, there are, and will be more 3d printable options. And yeah. I know people, including myself will jump, jump on those and start printing a bunch of things. And that will be another, another good example or another good, um, source source the the mats though since they don't have any of their own mats that you can buy yeah i think that that is going to be a little bit more difficult kind of bummed that they don't have mats that you can buy mm-hmm. but there are a lot lot of a lot of mat producers out there you know frontline does does theirs and those are yeah. ones that you sell so yeah yeah um and then finally it talks about arbiters uh if there's a real question the arbiter should um, answer them or give judgment calls, um, and they're the people who would give warnings to players or eject them. Mm-hmm. They're the judges. Yeah. So, any uh, any thoughts on on any of that stuff? I think it's a it's a solid event kit to to follow, and if people want to make adjustments based on their their community, I think it leaves some room for for exploration too. But I I think it's pretty. It's a pretty nice kit, uh, and it's it's pretty. The 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 really the only thing that I wish was on here 
was at the very end was a formatted uh, page that that event organizers could print out. And and I don't know if they have one and, and I missed it somewhere, but I, I wish it was at the bottom of this rule set that you could just print out and that could, you could put everything on there. Yeah. I don't know. I'm curious. I wonder if I missed that. I don't think I did. Yeah. No, it's it's. They don't have a a cool formatted uh, event schedule that that they can put the, people can put their names on and their teams on, et cetera, and track all of their their points and and whatnot. I I wish that was on the bottom here. It's my only real criticism, I think, or it's not my only criticism, but uh, it it feels like. Uh, it it feels sort of like a missed a missed opportunity or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, any any closing thoughts on this packet? I am excited to plan an event. I've done plenty of organizing in my past. I am excited for somebody local to to take the reins because I do not want to do that. But <laughs> I am excited. <laughs> I'm excited. That is fair. I'm, I'm excited to to play in an event um, whenever whenever we have one here in the area. All right. Well, um, as always, uh, we appreciate any support that you guys give to the Patreon. If you are thinking about joining, this is a great time to do so. You will gain uh, access to episodes a week early. You'll gain access to our bonus episode. We're we're going to talk about uh, the premiere showdown events in our bonus episode and and probably also talk a little bit about uh some thoughts on learning the game uh and you also gain access to the discord so uh go check out our patreon and uh give that a look-see and uh finally as always check out discountgamesinc.com where you can get all of your shatterpoint and other uh, gaming needs met yeah All right, so stay tuned for the bonus episode and uh, for the extra content we're going to have.